This is Live to Lead Radio, episode number five in defense of adversity. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. Inspiring leaders want to break the excellence barrier by reaching greater heights. They are ready to unlock higher performance by expanding their horizons to capture sustained, desirable outcomes for both business and life application. But there's a problem. Many leaders today are tapped out, immobilized, and feel completely unfulfilled. Why? Because of unnecessary distraction and lack of the right support, leaving them completely off course. Live to Lead offers up the opportunity to gain insight, shift perspectives, and get inspired by listening to stories from everyday leaders just like you. I'm calling each and every one of you out right now to own your bold responsibility to lead powerfully today, tomorrow, and into the future. Are you with me? Good. Let's begin. joining me for episode number five of the Live to Lead podcast. Today up on deck, we have Steve Gavitorta, the owner of Steve Gavitorta Group. Steve is amazing. He specializes in empowering individuals and organizations in identifying, developing, and exceeding performance goals. Steve has had the privilege of coaching, training, thousands of high performers who are just hungry to learn more, to develop professionally and personally, and he has coached within industries including pharmaceuticals, medical equipment, healthcare, consumer packaged goods, finance, media, you name it, he's done it, and advertising. From small businesses on the move to Fortune 500 companies, Steve collaborates with organizations to build foundations set goals, and eclipse their highest potential. Please join me today as I welcome my colleague in the industry, my friend, and someone I have grown to admire for his work, his dedication, and succeeding in changing today's world. Hi, Steve. How are you? Very good, Kristen. How about yourself? Oh, I'm good. I'm learning the life of having a puppy. So I'm just really <laughs> trying to schedule my business hours around the puppy. So that's been exciting. <laughs> hey, aside from children, raising puppies is one of the most important jobs in the world. So good for you. It really is. <laughs> She's definitely taught us the value of play. So Absolutely. that has been good. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. This is episode number five. So I'm really honored to have you on the show. Uh, So thank you so much for that. And I wanted to just say one of the reasons I invited you onto the show is obviously you're the author of In In Defense of Adversity, and this is such a great book, definitely helping people understand how to turn challenges into successes and just how to look at adversity. And I know we sat down together, had some coffee, and I was really amazed by just your perspective and the framework to life. So let me first start off by asking you, why this book? Why did you write this book? Yeah, I'm going to be a little long-winded here and kind of give the origin, and that explains the why. Sure. Um, I'm originally from a small coal mining town in western Pennsylvania called Burgettstown, about 32 miles west of Pittsburgh. It is a small town. It was known in the day for coal mines, zinc mines, the steel mills, and it was a natural influx for immigrants from across the world. 
Now, as I said, it's a small town. Uh, my father grew up in a little village within that town called Langloth, where most of the immigrant families came and lived to, once again, work in the mines and whatnot. Now, Langloth, is, there's nothing special. It's a nice little hilly community, but the houses are tiny tenement houses that were used in the day to house all these immigrants. So about five years ago, I, it was over the, the holidays, I said to my father, you know, I want to go see where you grew up. So we drive up to Langloth, and my father, who was a successful entrepreneur in his own right, said, that's where I grew up. Mind you, Kristen, these are not special houses, little mm -hmm. tiny things, right. all look the same. That's where I grew up. There's where Dr. Spinogens grew up. There's where Dr. Strassi grew up. There's where Dr. Moropus grew up. There's where Barry Alvarez grew up. For those of your listeners who don't know who Barry Alvarez is, he's the winningest football coach at the University of Wisconsin, turned their program from perennial loser to perennial winner, and is now the athletic director there. Mm. The point of this is, it hit me like a ton of bricks. All these families came from around the world with nothing, not speaking English, let alone each other's language, became hugely successful entrepreneurs, businessmen and women, coaches, athletes, lawyers, doctors, mm. <laughs> actors in Hollywood. It was really a great story. And I figured, you know, I have to tell this story. And some of the research that went on over the years, the common denominator that I found in their success was this, their willingness to face overcome and learn from obstacles in their lives. The adversity made these people. It didn't break them. And I think that was kind of the origin and why I believe this story needs to be told, especially today. Oh, absolutely. Where were you at that time in your life when you made that trip? It was about five years ago, and I was just home for the holidays. I was owning my own business on a whim. I said, Dad, I want to go see where you grew up. So I think it, it all happened for a reason. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was not even a concept at that time. And that's how it all gave birth. Oh, wow. So that trip really was the catalyst to birthing this book and realizing how just in an everyday tough situation, how that doesn't have to be a crutch. That doesn't have to be an excuse. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. What a great story. Thank so you. you wrote the story, you put in the time, the labor. Was it an easy um, book to write? How did it feel when you were going through this process? It's funny you say that. As I said, the, it, it gave birth about five years ago. At that point, I went and interviewed some of those families and Barry Alvarez included. And Kristen, the stories they told me were unbelievable. The difficulties, the adversity that their families faced, not only when they came to America, but getting here in the first place. Most of the families I talked to ended up getting kicked back to their original country for some reason or another. Wow. So it was, um, it was really amazing. The problem, though, at that time was I'm not a biographer. So, so I'm sitting on this thing saying, you know, how does this tie to my business? I'm a biographer. I'm tied up in my business, so on and so forth. And then several things happened through the years through uh, people that came across my lives, different things in my business that where I was able to connect the dots between that story about these immigrant families facing and overcoming adversity and how it applies to our everyday world, either personally or professionally. That all came to fruition almost a year ago to the day. And once that whole concept came together, it essentially wrote itself. So it kicked off five years ago, but once the concept was solidified, 
I wrote it in about four months. Oh, wow. Once yeah. the, the dots started to connect and Absolutely. the big aha was there. I'm still, I'm just still in awe of this story and just that time period and just a, a journey with your dad and, yeah. and something came to life with that. Let me ask this question. When you were listening to the stories and to the challenges these families went through and their drive to keep on pushing, did you take a look at your own adversity and how you were looking at your own challenges and struggles and, and sort of feel like, oh, wow, you know, I really need to, you know, face adversity with a whole different perspective? Or did you identify with them thinking, oh, that's exactly what I do, too. I squash challenges. You know, what were you thinking about your own adversity in life at that point? Yeah, I'm a child of that area. <laughs> one of my opening stories, it's kind of a weird metaphor, but one of my opening stories in my book, and I often keynote about it, is something called the summer from hell. <laughs> um, yeah, essentially, my parents lost their home in a coal mine when I was a junior in college. Not only did we lose our house to a coal mine, we had three mortgage payments to pay to pay it off, number one. Number two, we had homeowners, but we didn't have something called mine subsidence insurance. So we essentially lost everything. In addition, when I came home to work for my dad's produce market that summer, my father developed a arthritis-related lung issue and was put out for the summer. I basically had to deal with the family trying to solve the house problem and run the, my parents' store that entire summer. I call it the summer from hell, but it was one of the most influ influential moments in my life. So I realized as I was going through interviewing these families, that story about my house collapsing in the mine, I'm of the mindset of those people that adversity is a chance to learn and grow and it's meant in our lives to help us become who we were meant to become. Barry Alvarez phrases the people from that town knew how to grind, meaning they knew how to fight, scratch, claw, keep their eyes on a goal, and nothing was going to stop them to achieve their goals. In many ways, I'm a child of that area, and I feel the same way that, hey, the things in my life had made me who I am today. Mm, that's so admirable. So if you had to sum up this book, what do you think this book teaches people? Yeah, you listen, going back a little bit, you know, tying to that time frame about those people's ability to succeed. As I said earlier, I think this book is more important than ever for several reasons. One, if you Google the phrase, how to deal with adversity, you get over 21 million responses. So there's a need for this topic right now. Another thing, adversity is hitting us faster than ever. I say we're in a fast-paced high-tech, ever-evolving world. And life is hitting us so fast. Adversity, change is hitting us so fast. We have very little time to respond, yet we have very little tools. You think about it, Kristen. We go to schooling to learn the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. If we're in a sport, we learn the fundamentals of being successful in that sport or a craft. We don't have anything that teaches us how to deal with life lessons, adversity. There's, we don't have tools to do that. I mean, there's many options out there, but it's not a organized method. My book uh, wants to do that, just give those people the skills and tools to be able to face adversity. So my book does three things. Essentially, first, help people, as I said, assertively face those obstacles in their lives, not run from it, not hide it, not ignore it, but assertively face it, hopefully successfully overcome it, and at the least, learn a valuable lesson from those obstacles in our lives, because those lessons 
if they are learned, whether we succeed or fail, as long as we learn that lesson, it's going to prepare us to succeed down the road. Mm, Yep, absolutely. I love that. Do you think that a lot of people are dealing with situations in their personal lives or professional lives because they just don't know how to tackle adversity? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the core issue. Listen, adversity comes in many forms. It's deeply personal. Uh, What might be a, a change situation and a challenge for one person in a positive light could be a trying adverse situation for another person. So adversity really runs the gamut and how it appears in our lives varies. And as I said, I think it's more relevant now and hitting us faster and harder than ever. And I think that is a core topic, a key topic for people in these days. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I also think how people respond, you know, in the midst of adversity is exactly what you're teaching people in the book. You're teaching them not to respond emotionally, to take their time and to process. And I think that people, the way they process adversity, and like you said, it comes in many shapes, sizes, and forms, right? How they personalize with adversity, how they deal with adversity. I just think that it's natural to come from a place of emotion, but really knowing how to recalibrate that and take some time to step back and process, right? Would you agree that a lot of mistakes happen because of emotional response? No doubt about it. In my book, I talk about two essential parts of our brain. The limbic system, which is also called our primitive brain, our emotional brain. We We were operating the limbic system back when we were cavemen and women. We're still operating in it today. It is in our brain. That's what we're first born with. And it doesn't evolve through time. So when adversity strikes and we're in that limbic state of mind, our response is going to be emotional. The adrenaline starts rushing and our response is going to be either freeze, fight or flight or some combination of that. You do not want to be in that mindset when adversity strikes because the adrenaline's rushing. You're not thinking clearly and your response is going to be either to run from it, fight it or freeze from it. That's not where you want to be. The other part of our brain is the cerebral cortex or the cortex. The cortex develops as we grow and learn through our learnings, through our experiences, through our training and development. Our cortex can develop and in turn, we can understand we have options when adverse situations strike. So if we develop our cortex That ties into the importance of facing and learning from adversity. These lessons and experiences prepare us to think in that cortex, that rational part of our brain, rather than that that emotional part of the brain. My book talks about when adversity strikes, you must prevent the transfer of authority from the cortex to the limbic system. Because once you're in that limbic freeze, fight, or flight mode, it's not going to be easy to get out of it at that point. So fall back on rational, what your experiences were, what you learned from something, so you respond rationally to the adverse situations. You see clearly rather than blind emotion. Wow, that's so powerful. It really is. And I like that transfer it, right? Transfer the power, the authority. So we talked about your why behind the book. We talked about the book overall. But let's talk about some takeaways. If you had three essential concepts from your book that you believe would be beneficial to others, what might they be? Yeah, the first is this. Accepted adversity is part of life. And it's meant for us to evolve and grow into the people we were meant to become. Adversity is not going away. Every day, something, whether they're big things or little things, are going to get on our way. That's part of life. Accept that. And accept that these difficult times in our lives 
are meant for us to become something better, to grow and learn so we can handle those obstacles better in our lives. Part of my book, I interviewed over 60 highly successful people, one of which is a gentleman named Chad Hymas. Chad is a quadriplegic, one of the most successful speakers in the public speaking circuit now. Takes him two hours to get dressed every morning, yet he travels 200 days a year to speak and help people. He talks about his accident, how he became a quadriplegic, and how that can help people. Chad may have the money quote in my book that encompasses what I'm saying about accepting adversity, acknowledging it's meant for us to grow. Chad says, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but actually you've been planted. Mm, wow. Yeah, wonderful quote, isn't it? So that's the first thing, accepted adversity is part of life and uh, it's meant for us to grow. Secondly, it's deeply personal. We need to be on a self-discovery phase to understand those things situations and people that can trigger us into that emotional limbic response and what our limbic response might be, freeze, fight or flight or any combination. Because the more we can understand ourselves, we're gonna be able to self-manage when adversity strikes. We're gonna be able to recognize what sets us off and what it feels like. The more we can do that, the better off we're going to be. And then the last piece is I basically say, listen, life's school is in session. Every day is a class. Every day we can learn from the a life, from the adversity that we face, from the difficulties we face. So look at every day as a chance to learn, grow, and become better people and learn how to uh, successfully face, overcome, and learn from the obstacles that occur in our lives. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, chapter 13 of your book was my favorite. I read oh, it twice. You. You're so welcome. Read it once with some coffee and once with some wine. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, but you know, in this chapter, it's called Life's Class is Always in session, always be attentive and grateful, which is what you just summarized. Tell me just a little bit about that chapter and the overall significance of that chapter in your book. Yeah, I'm passionate about it because I speak of two instances in my life, one of which I call ShopRite Hates Kodak, which is essentially my most difficult time in my 21 years in corporate America. Dealing with a very tough customer was by far one of my toughest times. And I faced a lot of, a lot of obstacles in the corporate arena. But I realized that that difficult situation when I was when I was actually able to turn that around into a very positive situation and learn and win from it and grow from it. I realized that then going back to my summer from hell, my most difficult times once again made me who I am today. If I didn't face those difficulties, if I didn't overcome them, I wouldn't be who I am today. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Did I look and wish for them to happen? Was it pleasant and fun when it did happen? No, but I'm grateful for it because it happened for a reason. Both those situations and all the adverse situations helped me become who I am and helped me learn, grow, and become a better person. So I'm very passionate about being grateful for the obstacles. Is it easy? No. Am I great at it now? No, I fight every, you know, I struggle every day when things happen, but as I look backwards, I'm, uh, I know I need to be grateful for them because they're planting seeds to help me become a better person. Mm, always in class, always in class. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, one thing of many that I was impressed with with your book is you provide an opportunity for people not only to read your story, read the concepts, reflect on the concepts, but you also have work at the end of each chapter. Self-discovery and reflection is difficult 
difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. So why do you think it's so important to have this, you know, behind every chapter of your book? As I said earlier, we don't take it. We don't have any class life lessons, classes, adversity classes. And, and tying that into the part the limbic part of the brain and the cortex part of the brain. Teaching people to not only learn skills is training us to think more in that cortex state of mind, that rational state. So my book is trying to create practical skills to help people successfully face adversity. That's why I have exercises at the end of each chapter. By people taking these, answering these questions in a personal manner, solidifies the ability to think in that rational state of mind even more because you're personalizing those skills. So I'm learning life skills in an environment and situations relevant to me. That's going to create not only the foundation for learnings, but long-term retention of those learnings as well, too. So I'm teaching, for lack of better words, the blocking and tackling of life lessons, and I'm allowing you to apply those in situations world relevant to you so the learnings stick. And once again, what I'm trying to do is create those patterns so we can think in that rational cortex side of the brain rather than that limbic response, emotional response part, part of the brain. So exercises, tools, skill sets, personalizing them is highly relevant in creating those experiences to help us think rationally when adversity strikes. Part of my book also offers a free behavioral assessment for people so they can also understand what, what those things are that trigger them and what that emotional response is going to look like. So that's another learning that can be personalized as well, too. By buying the book, you can take that assessment, too. And, you know, that assessment is really where it all comes together. Yeah, and then you absolutely. move from that and work out. That's great. Now, you were 21 plus years in a corporate arena. You've gone through a lot in your personal life and your professional life like we all do. But if you were to go back to your younger self during a particular painful time in your life or maybe many different times in your career personally, whichever way, what advice might you give to him? Do not get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Stay out of that. Do not transfer authority from the cortex to the limbic system. Don't respond, freeze, fight, or flight. My story about ShopRite hates Kodak and my story of the summer from hell. You know, my initial response many on both situations was initially emotional, that limbic response, you know, the freeze, fight, or flight, the panicking. Both instances, however, I realized I had options. My father, when we were dealing with all those adverse situations, I had to run my father's store. I realized that all my years working for him had prepared me for this very moment. Although I felt like my head was going to explode when I was told, you have to run the business, you have to deal with the house. It, I was emotional for a few seconds, but I realized, you know what? I can do this. I fell back on my experiences, my learnings that my dad taught me, and I got calm and resolved it successfully. Same with my ShopRite hates Kodak situation I speak about in my book. When my customer was so irrational with me, I was initially irrational and emotional myself. But once I fell back on the fact that, hey, I've been in this industry for 17, 18 years, I've dealt with tough customers like this. I know how to deal with this. I was able to overcome and handle it. So the most important thing I'd recommend to myself and others is do not get emotional. Do not fall in that limbic state of mind where you're not thinking clearly. Fall back on that cortex part of your brain. Mm, so perfect. 
Now, on paper, you're amazing. Oh. You 21 plus years in the corporate arena. You could easily walk into a very nice, prestigious, comfortable job with great pay, but instead <laughs> you're showing up in the world as a guide, an entrepreneur. You're dedicating your time to just be a change agent, teaching, coaching, training, writing. Why not just go do something easy? Why this? Yeah, I, I believe it, it is my God's calling or whatever you want, spiritual calling to help. I call it, I love touching lives and making memories. That's kind of my vision statement for my business. And I'm very sensitive for this because any time in my life where I've been successful, I either had good coaches, I had good advice, I had good training and development, and it helped me evolve into the person I was meant to become. Any times where I didn't understand the basics or fundamentals or had a bad coach or had a bad experience where I didn't understand the fundamentals of something. I either failed or I struggled. I know the importance of laying good foundations for success personally and professionally. And I want to share that with people so they don't have the same struggles that I do. So I love coaching, helping people learn structure, learn skill sets, learn fundamentals for success in sales, leadership, management, maybe even dealing in those difficult life situations that occur as well, too, because I think struggling, not having a foundation, not having an answer is very difficult. I want to help people find and identify answers for themselves so they can be successful as well, too. Beautiful. So many people struggle with investing in their own journey, Absolutely. within their own personal development. What do you think the hang up is there? Why do you think people struggle with that? Well, I think some people may be just oblivious and maybe not even know they need the help or afraid to go get it. Um, I was fortunate. My first job out of college was with a company called Beecham Products. And Beecham Products, uh, all their upper level management were former Procter and Gamble people. So we were trained and developed in how to be effective salespeople, how to handle objections, how to call on customers. We had processes and training to help us succeed. A lot of companies don't do that training anymore. So there are people who many, many times are left in the dark not able to have basic skills on how to become successful as a salesperson, a manager, a leader, a teammate. And when you don't have those fundamentals, those skills, I think once again, it's easier to fall into those emotional limbic states. As an example, if you're a salesperson and you've never heard or don't know how to handle objections a customer gives you, you could freeze, fight, or flight. That adrenaline start going to rush, and you're not going to respond adequately to an objection because you don't know how to. If you understand the fundamental skills of what an objection is, how to handle it, you're not going to panic because you can fall back on that. So I think many people are innocent. They either don't have the skills professionally or personally to effectively deal with things. And maybe there's a side, too. They're afraid to ask or don't know how to ask. So there's a lot of reasons. I hope that answered your question. Absolutely, you did. You're, you're, you're spot on with that. And I love that you said that, you know, sometimes people just don't know. Exactly. They don't know and they don't know their blind spots. They don't know what a, just an added extra level of accountability can do for their life, how exactly. that can turn around. So beautiful. So let me ask you, what three life tips do you have for listeners today just that aligns with your training methodologies and leadership? Focuses. Great leaders 
uh, are not afraid of obstacles. They stay calm in light of obstacles. They learn from it. I'm going to quote one of the greatest leaders, I think, in this country is Rudolph Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was the mayor of New York City during 9-11. I was there at that time. I'm going to quote Rudolph Giuliani. He said, my father used to say to me, whenever you get into a jam, whenever you get into a crisis or an emergency, become the calmest person in the room and you'll be able to figure a way out of it. So be calm when that those adverse situations strike. Essentially, Rudy Giuliani was saying his dad, layman terms, said, don't be in that limbic system when adversity strikes. Don't be emotional. Think rational and you'll be able to think a way out of that. So the first thing is stay calm in light of obstacles. You know, I think leaders also seek the opportunity in adversity. They accept it's going to happen and they seek options. They seek the opportunity. What can I learn? How can I overcome this? What's the opportunity in adversity? And I think the last thing is this. Adversity in our lives as a leader enables to become a wiser and better leader than we were before. So each day, each obstacle that a leader faces prepares them to be an even better leader. And I want to quote again from about another great leader, Abraham Lincoln. This is a quote about him from a journalist who was actually his enemy at the time, but he quote this about Lincoln and his leadership. He said about Lincoln, he was not born king of men, but a child of the common people who made himself a great persuader, therefore a leader by dint of firm resolve, patient effort, and dogged perseverance. He was open to all impressions and influences and gladly profited by the teaching of events and circumstances, no matter how adverse or unwelcome. There was probably no year when he was not a wiser, cooler, and better man than he had been the year preceding. So the point is, our adversity made Abraham Lincoln a very wise man, and and we all know the outcome of Lincoln's leadership. Adversity in our lives can make us wise human beings and especially wise leaders. Right on. Steve, today's show with you has been awesome. Thank you. You are so motivating. You are doing big work in the world. And I just want to encourage all listeners today to pick up your book, Their Life Will Change. Your lessons and your methodologies, your strategies, your tips are so profound, yet very, very simple to put into implementation. And a lot of times, we're motivated by words and stories, but we don't know how to put things into practice and you solve that for people. So thank you so much for being on the show. I hope to have you on again. Thank you. My pleasure. I'd love to be of assistance to your listeners and uh, be of service at any time. So thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly enjoyed my time with Steve this morning and having him as an amazing guest on the Live to Lead podcast. He definitely offered up some power packed tips strategies, concepts, and inspirational stories to let you know that adversity is a gift. We, as leaders, whether in our personal lives or our professional lives, we are equipped to look at adversity right in its eyes and squash any challenge that comes our way as long as we know not to work and move from the place of emotion. You are gutsy. You are marvelous. And no matter what comes your way, you have to believe that you are going through it for a reason and that you are equipped. So let's get a little more equipped. And I would definitely encourage you today to check out Steve's book, 
And I would also encourage you to replay this podcast as there were so many gems embedded in here that we all need to be reminded of each and every day. If you are in a place in your personal life or your professional life right now and you're ready to say yes to coaching and mentoring, squash your own blind spots and be held accountable for massive growth and to change your life in a different direction, then I invite you to check out my website today at www.kristensmithworldwide.com. I offer up an amazing strategy session that so many people would really benefit from. It just takes that yes to go ahead and start today. Until then, be unstoppable.